Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Thanksgiving Thursday, November the 22nd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, Tannehill is officially, officially back. We'll lay out the expectations for his return, get you caught up on the latest injury news for Sunday's pivotal game in Indianapolis. We'll jump into the Twitter mailbag and tell you which teams you need to root for this weekend in the NFL. But first, of course, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. That helps the podcast more than you guys can know. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the LockedOn Network. We have the playoff picture updated for you guys every week up there on LOD.com. And of course, last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And we have a lot of injuries to get to. Let's go ahead and jump right into that. All right, Miami! And the Miami Dolphins injury list, as it has been all season long, is very, very lengthy. However, the players that are listed as did not participate are only Jakeem Grant and Frank Gore, who has the veteran Wednesday off, and then another scroll-length list of players that were limited in practice on Wednesday, and they are Danny Amendola, A.J. Derby, Kenyon Drake, Jawan James, Ted Larson, T.J. McDonald, Devontae Par- Par- Parker, Parker, Runzel. but it sounds like most of those guys should be good to go for Sunday. And on the Colts side of things, Clayton Gethers was, did not practice. Ryan Kelly, the center, is already out for the game on Sunday. Eric Swope and Al Woods did not practice either. And then limited participants were Malik Hooker and Nate Harrison. Malik Hooker, the big name to keep an eye on. Check that out throughout the course of the week. We'll have that updated for you guys on LockedOnDolphins.com on the preview piece, which was posted up on Tuesday. But for the rest of this podcast, let's go ahead and get things started with first down. That's another Miami Dolphins. And first down on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast today is brought to you by Action Heat. And the big news once again going forward, Ryan Tannehill throwing for the third consecutive day without... I guess, immense pain in that shoulder. So he'll be back in the lineup. He'll start on Sunday, and we'll get to his expectations here in a minute. But the excitement for the rest of the team and just what we have seen the way his return to the lineup has already affected this team. If you guys didn't get a chance to see it, there was an article posted by Safid Dean, I think I said that right, about Laramie Tunzel and Jawan James kind of getting excited in the locker room, talking about their availability, and talking about getting that W in all six games. So these guys are keyed in and focused on the task at hand. I know it's a tall ask, but at least they have that mindset going in. And just watching all the press conferences, there is a different level of enthusiasm this week in Davey. And I talked about it on the game preview piece, as well as in the path of the playoff piece, both up on LockedOnDolphins.com. But whether it's Ryan Tannehill returning, the much, much needed week off on the bye week, or a combination of the two, this stuff, it, it can have an impact. We always have these expectations for games, and then when they don't go a certain way, we all wonder why it happened that way, and stuff like this always matters. There's, of course, the famous Ewing theory dreamt up by Bill Simmons, 
and the Ewing theory revolves around the idea of the rest of the team elevating its play around the backup quarterback, and I think a similar spark could be had this Sunday against the Colts with Tannehill and all the positive things coming back from Miami. Something just tells me that the Dolphins start out hot this week and take an early lead, and then from there, it'll be up to the coaching staff to navigate the game with that lead. But either way, it's massively important. I know, I know some of you are thinking, what's the point of getting into the playoffs if we're just going to get whacked once we're there? Maybe that happens. It, It probably does. I don't know. But I've been watching football for far too long to think that crazier things haven't happened in the past. Going back to last year, did anyone give Nick Foles a chance to win against the Falcons, against the Vikings, against the Patriots? No. I realize that's an extreme, extreme outlier, but you just never know. And hanging on to that hope into late November is far more enjoyable to me than thinking about the draft and all that stuff in the future. And sure, we'll cover that, but as long as this team has a prayer, that'll be my primary focus on the podcast, on Twitter, on the site. Hell, I was just telling my fiance about the drama of the league this time of year and how great that is and how much I love the X's and O's, but nothing tops the drama that goes into every week, every play, every snap, especially when your team, the Miami Dolphins, are a part of that drama. So we all have certain expectations for how this team's final six games could go. You guys know that I think either 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven is where they eventually wind up. But what about the expectations for Ryan Tannehill? What should we expect from him in these last six games? And what do these games mean for the future of his career in Miami and otherwise? I think there are three paths Ryan Tannehill could conceivably take over the last six weeks of the season, and I'll put odds on each of them. So number one, and this is the one that you should all want. In fact, if you don't want this one, you're really not a Dolphins fan because wanting to push a player out over wanting to see that player succeed and have immediate success is not the definition of a fan. That is a player fan. So we'll dismiss that right off the top. But this number one option is where he comes in and lights it up plays the best ball of his career, takes Miami into the postseason, and once they are there, they're competitive, maybe win a game, maybe have a shot to win a couple of games. We'll see. If that happens, I think it'd be pretty safe to say that he is secure in his position as the quarterback in 2019. But the odds of that happening... I'll give that a 10% chance. Number two is the biggest oper- or the most likely scenario. He returns and plays at the same above average level, has one stinker, maybe two, has a great game, maybe two, and the other ones are right around league average, probably a bit higher than a league average passer rating, and the team goes eight and eight and just misses out on the postseason, and we enter the offseason with the option to turn back to Ryan Tannehill. The option, mainly because this quarterback market will be very bleak this offseason. And number two, that scenario... And I'll place the odds of this one happening as the overwhelming favorite. We'll go with 70% chance that's the scenario that occurs the last six games of the year. And then the doomsday scenario. Number three, he plays like either trash or he's just not healthy enough to play. And we have to turn back to Brock Osweiler. I don't think if he's healthy, this will be the case. But I don't fully trust that he is healthy. And if we go back to Brock, I'm going back into that sunken place as a fan. And if this happens, he'll unquestionably be out for 2019. I'll give that a 20% chance of happening, but mostly because of the re-injury potential. We'll see what happens. At least we've got something to look forward to to finish up this season. And the biggest optimist of Dolphins fans can point to the idea that the best two stretches of Tannehill's career were coming off the most adverse situations in his career. You'll all recall 2014 when Joe Philbin wouldn't commit to him as the starter, and then 2016 after a 1-4 and star and all things seemed lost. Well, he proceeded to go on two separate eight-game runs with a passer rating cumulatively over 100 and winning records at 6-2 and 7-1 and respectively. That's the hope. I really, really hope it happens. Will it? 
Like I said, I don't know. I doubt it. But that's the hope as a Dolphins fan. And that's going to be about it for the real serious football talk on this podcast, at least for the next segment, as we're going to jump feet first into a Thanksgiving edition of the Twitter mailbag, as well as get to the teams you need to root for on Sunday. All of that and much, much more. But first, a word from Action Heat. Are you perpetually cold? Do you dread the idea of an outdoor event this time of year? Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing with heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Their clothing is engineered to safely and effectively deliver heat via heating panels similar to that of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and you can stay warm always with a rechargeable battery that lasts up to 12 hours per charge. It's perfect for any friend or family on your holiday list, that football fan that wants to go bear the elements in the winter, and the ideal gift for anyone that works outside or skiers, snowboarders, anybody that loves the outdoors but hates being cold. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. Action Heat is available in both men's and women's variety and has great new styles and models released just for this winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth with Action Heat. And I've already taken advantage of this offer and you guys should too now because right now we have a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20% off your order. Stay toasty and warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And we're back for a Thanksgiving edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Or maybe you're listening to the show on the Friday, Black Friday shopping. Whatever it is you're doing, we're with you guys here on the holidays talking Dolphins football. But also just the Thanksgiving holiday and how great it is. It's my favorite personal holiday. And so with that said, we're going to get into the Twitter mailbag, both regarding football questions and your irreverent Thanksgiving questions. And we'll get to that here in just one minute. But real quick before I jump into that, I have to pass along some personal information, which might be TMI for you guys. But I sat down to record this podcast Wednesday afternoon and I had an appointment with the clinic to go get my ears checked out because every once in a while, every few years I should say, I get these really tight sinus pressure things that come from my ears and it's because for some reason I get a lot of earwax buildup and I have to go have it irrigated every few years. This was the third time I did it now and it sucks each and every time. It sucks so bad. They take this little tube and inject the saline water into your ear and then that kind of clears it out with peroxide and then the stuff just falls out and looks like absolute trash coming out of your ear. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. It sucks, but now I can hear. Now my head doesn't hurt anymore. So with that, let's go ahead and get into this Twitter mailbag. And the first question I saw comes from Angel Contreras at A underscore Contreras 88. And he asks, where were you when the Dolphins last played on Thanksgiving? 
And for some reason, I read this question as if to ask where I was when they played the Cowboys. I don't know. Maybe the D and Dolphins tipped me off to Dallas. But the last time, I believe, was that 06 game against the Lions with Joey Harrington. I was just at home with my family. My family kind of knows how the obsession worked with the Dolphins. But the one before that was 2003 against the Cowboys. That great win, the Chris Chambers three touchdowns, the Jason Taylor pick six. And we had dinner at my grandparents' house, and I fought, and I pleaded, and I begged to not go to that Thanksgiving dinner, and I got out of it. I stayed home. I was on the family shit list for weeks after that, but I got to watch one of my favorite Dolphins games in memory. So that's why I told you it was a pretty funny story. Little 14-year-old Travis, however old I was at the time, got my way, got to stay home and watch the Dolphins. Next question comes from Rob Tolkien at R Doubles. If Brock was a turkey, what would you stuff him with? And the answer right below that from PD Pablo accuracy. That's a great answer. I don't have a better one than that. So we'll go with accuracy or you know what? I will try to do you one better. How about we fit him with a nice padded bench seat so he can sit down on the bench and not play anymore this year. Next question comes from Cody O'Day. If you could throw a Thanksgiving pie in the face of any current or former Miami Dolphin coach or front office included, who would it be and why? I'm going to go with Dave Wanstead because the last time this team really truly had a Super Bowl level roster, he drove it into the ground by giving Ricky Williams way too many carries and refusing to move on from Jay Fiedler when there were options out there. We all know about Trent Green, obviously Drew Brees. So Dave Wanstead and the Wants Dash, he gets the pie in the face. Next question comes from Job Green at Jobber73. Is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles the greatest only Thanksgiving movie? I can't think of another. This might get me in trouble with some of you guys, but I've never seen it. I know John Candy's in it, but that's about all I know. And I'm not really sure if there is Thanksgiving movies. Otherwise, I watch usually Home Alone this time of year. Time to start busting that thing out. Next question here comes from, and I never get your name right, dude. I apologize for that. Raced Lynn Iltsia R. That's my best guess. And that's at the same handle there. What's your preferred pie for Thanksgiving? Probably chocolate cream pie. I'm not a big pie guy, but I usually like ice cream and cake better. But I'll go with chocolate cream pie because it's probably the closest related to the actual ice cream or cake that I do like. All right. So the other side of the coin here, the questions I asked for real. And this first one here comes from my friend that I didn't even know was on Twitter. We go way, way back. Mitchell Linkersdorfer, at M. Linkersdorfer. He's a Colts fan, so go easy on him, guys. Will the Finns' defense break Luck's no-sack streak? I feel like I should say yes because it's so strange that he has that streak going right now. And just for the sake of Robert Quinn and Cam Wake possibly being fresh, both coming off their best games of the year against the Packers, I think, or at least for Robert Quinn it was, and Cam Wake had a good game himself, I think they'll find a way to get to him one time. So yeah, they will break it. Next question comes from the same old Dolphin show, at same old Dolphins. Who is the biggest turkey currently in the Miami Dolphins organization? I think the easy answer there would be Mike Tannenbaum. Everybody seems to want him out. I guess Matt Burke would be a close second. Next question here comes from Chris Murray at Murray C eighty nine. What do you think? What do you think it was that caused Osweiler somewhat decline after the Bears game? Do you think it was just that he overlooked the fact that seventeen was ruled out late, or Osweiler is just not that great, or something else? It kind of goes back to that Ewing theory. I mean, Albert Wilson played out of his mind in that game and really elevated the offense to a new level. The way they helped out on Lair- with uh, Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd with Laramie Tunzel and Jawan James off the edge. Everybody played their best game of the year that game, it seemed. And Osweiler was good in his own right, 
but just the physical limitations, the available tape of him in this offense with this team, with this personnel, all became available. And once coaches get a hold of that, they can tear a guy that doesn't have it. They can just tear him apart. And that's what happened with Brock. That's why we haven't scored a touchdown in nine quarters. Next question from Cody O'Day at Attraction Law 84. Have you ever seen a team with this many injuries? Also, what the fuck is up with that? Thank you for all you do, wingman. Hey, man, much appreciated. And I thank all you guys for listening to the podcast. Without you, I couldn't do it. So very, very thankful for all you guys as well. This injury, the injury report the Dolphins have had every single week, the IR guys every week, it's insane. No, I have not seen something like this. I thought last year was bad, but this year takes the cake tenfold. Luckily, we do have our quarterback back right now. So we'll see how that works out. Next question comes from DJ Taylor at LaDon underscore James. Besides quarterback, which positions should we pursue in the upcoming free agency and draft? They have to replenish the defensive end position. They have to find edge rushers. I don't think Robert Quinn comes back. I think Cam Wake does come back, but I think they're going to have to replace Quinn. So I'll say edge rusher will almost almost certainly be the first round draft pick for the Dolphins this year. Bill Crawley at Bill Crawley 94-91. Does Tanny throw five or six touchdowns this weekend? Let's be realistic. It's probably going to be more like four. No, I don't know. I expect him to have a couple. I think the Dolphins will score three or four touchdowns in this game and their passing game is better than their running game. So I'll say that it is going to be two or three touchdowns from Tannehill this weekend. And then the last football question here from Tucker Saley at Tucker Saley, any quarterbacks you like in this upcoming draft? We've covered that a bit on the podcast, but really there aren't that many. I am partial to Gardner Minshew from Washington State. He's a very bright and gamer type of quarterback. Tyree Jackson has physical traits that intrigue me. I wish Kyler Murray would play football. He's fantastic. I love him. I don't care too much for Justin Herbert, although I could see where his upside is. I don't think that Will Greer or Drew Locke are going to be any good at all. So lots of guys in that middle portion of the draft that I think you can just pass on altogether. And then one more turkey question here from A.A. Dominguez at Rotomus Bowtie. Deep fried or oven cooked turkey? I have honestly never had a deep fried turkey. I hear great things, but I don't ever cook. That's not my game. So I'm out on that. Whatever they put in front of me, I'll eat it. I'm really not a picky eater by any stretch of the imagination. And then there's one more question here that I saw, but I used it to make my own segment. And it comes from Red Garcia at Red underscore Garcia. And he asks, which side would you use to compare this Dolphins team to? And I don't know that I have a great answer for that. I would probably say like yams because I don't think they're great or sweet potatoes. They're okay. Just not great. Kind of eight and eight down the middle. But with that idea, I decided to take my favorite Thanksgiving portions or sides or whatever dishes you want to call them and match them with a player. So which player is which dish for the Miami Dolphins and Turkey starting off the main showstopper. I'm going to go with Cameron Wake because one, everybody loves him. Everybody thinks he's great, but it might be kind of like a tough dry meat and Cam Wake is pretty dry on the surface, but he's a legend. He is the one that brings the people to the seats and puts them in the building. So Cam Wake is the turkey, the stuffing. I'm going with Minka Fitzpatrick as the stuffing because once again, everybody loves him. And I put a tweet out earlier today that I, that I think that the fact that I like stuffing more than everything else was crazy, but everyone seemed to agree with me. So stuffing is Minka Fitzpatrick. It is the treat of the entire dish and brings everything together. Mashed potatoes and gravy, Kenny Stills, because he mixes in with everybody. He's such a good guy. You can kind of scramble it all together with the stuffing and the turkey, and he can fit in anywhere he wants. And he's also such a great compliment as a route runner, and the mashed potatoes and gravy complement everything at Thanksgiving. And then the last thing is the green bean casserole. And I'm going with Ryan Tannehill because he's a specialty item. 
it's a specific taste to actually like him. No one really knows exactly how you make it except for your crazy Aunt Sally. It's a rather polarizing dish, but it is an oldie and a goodie. And some people like it, and I like it. I like Ryan Tannehill. I like the green bean casserole. And I mean, those are really the only four dishes that I eat on Thanksgiving. I just load up on those over and over and over again. You can keep your cranberry nonsense. Get them yams out of my face. Just give me a turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes and gravy, green bean casserole, and some Tito's or maybe some whiskey to drink on. That's all I need. I'm good to go with football and family and that food. If you have some dishes you like and want to throw it back to me and compare them to Dolphins players, do so on Twitter, at NFL. And we're going to finish up this podcast by giving you guys the teams you need to root for regarding the Dolphins' playoff hopes this weekend and also my picks for the best weekend in college football. We'll do all that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at NFL at Locked On Fins. So if you guys haven't seen the piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com that goes over the Dolphins' path to the playoffs and talks about the other teams and kind of where they're at as far as conference record with their remaining schedule in 2018. And you have some games this weekend to keep an eye on. And one of the nice things about it is the Dolphins do get that late window. So the early window isn't going to be ruined for us by a loss. And you get to watch the Bengals and Ravens playing early on. And that's a that, those are big games for the Dolphins in regards to their playoff hopes. This weekend, you got to root for the Cleveland Browns. I think that's a big one. If the Browns can knock off the Bengals, that would pretty much remove the Bengals from the playoff discussion, I think, in total. And then, of course, the Raiders going up against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. As futile as the Raiders may be, I don't know that this Lamar Jackson 27 carry level offense is sustainable. There could be a hiccup game there. We'll see. I doubt it, but maybe we get that lucky break. And then, of course, root for the Texans on Monday night over the Tennessee Titans. That's a given obvious one there. Knock the Titans back a peg. And an added bonus, and I don't think it'll matter because I think this year's team is different than ones they've had in the past, but the Chargers play a lot of good teams the rest of the way. So maybe there's a collapse in there. I don't really see it, but if they lose lose this week against the Cardinals, then it's definitely game on with trips to Pittsburgh and Kansas City, both ahead of the Chargers. So definitely plenty of action for us to keep an eye on this weekend in the NFL, as well as college football, because this is just for me, the best weekend of football across the entire calendar. But before we get to the Friday and Saturday action, there is a full slate of football on Thursday for us to wet the palate. The entire NFC, it seems, is getting some run. And I'm going to give you guys some added picks this week, some NFL picks to go along with the college picks. And it starts off in Detroit, of course, the first game on Thanksgiving. The Bears without Mitch Trubisky, minus three over the Detroit Lions. Give me the backup quarterback that Ewing Theory applies here once again. And that means you probably know where I'm going with in game two. The Washington Redskins and Colt McCoy, their defense is good enough to keep that with one score game at the Cowboys off of a huge win in Atlanta. Give me the Redskins there as well. Atlanta and New Orleans, the over-under is 60 and a half. Give me the over on that. Both those teams are going to score tons and tons of points. And with that, let's go ahead and shift gears to the college game now and get back to our usual college picks to close out the week. It's been a good run for me. I haven't had a losing week in three weeks now, so things are looking up on the money line for me, keeping myself in the green. And we're going to start on Friday with the Cougs. Go Cougs, baby. Washington State is giving three points to the rival Washington Huskies. A must win for the Cougs to get into the Pac-12 championship game and keep our playoff hopes alive. Take the home team, take the points, 
take the Cougs. On Saturday, the big game, Michigan, minus three and a half, Ohio State. Once again, give me the favorites. I know there's some demons to exercise there. I think Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines get that done. Give me Michigan, even with the three and a half points. I'm taking a couple of dogs here, a couple of really bad teams, but mainly because of who they're playing. Illinois is getting 17 points against Northwestern. Northwestern has the Big 12, whatever side division they have already locked up, and next week they'll play for the Big 12 champ or for the Big 10 championship game. Give me the Illinois Fighting Illini with the 17 points against a resting Northwestern team. Rutgers is getting 27 points from Michigan State. I don't believe Michigan State can score 27 points in a game, so if Rutgers scores anything at all, I'll get the win there. Rutgers and 27 points. Clemson is giving 26 to South Carolina. Give me the Tigers in that game as they continue to roll on towards the college football playoff. And then lastly, the Mountain West Championship, or I guess the game to get into the championship game, Utah State and Boise. The over-under is 67 points. Boise loves to run the ball and play defense. Give me the under on that. And that are gonna, that's going to be the college and NFL picks for the week. That's going to be the podcast for the week. All of you guys, please have a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the football. And most importantly, enjoy the family. I can't wait for this holiday. It's my favorite. I go over to my fiance's dad's house. We all get loose. We all just get crazy and watch football, eat great food. It's a great time. And then on to my family's house where the same stuff ensues. So Thanksgiving, the best holiday America has to offer. And I wish each and every one of you a very, very happy Thanksgiving as we close this podcast out, as that is my time today. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll see you guys on Monday morning slash Sunday night for another edition of a recap edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Happy Thanksgiving.